Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for the show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to introduce my guest, Andrea Beeman, who actually was my first podcast interview, and she's so generously back with me. Welcome, Andrea. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I feel honored to be here, Bev. That's just so great. And tell me about yourself and what it is that you do. Um, uh, well, I'm, I'm a lot. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a natural food chef, a holistic health coach, an herbalist, and an educator. And what I do and what I love to do, actually, because there's, you know, uh, there's such a wide variety of things that I do. But what I really love to do is educate people on reclaiming their health and their vitality. With health, you know, when it's, when it's absent, that's when you realize that nothing else seems to work in your life. That's correct. So let's recap on your well-being journey for new listeners. So we're sort of 50 episodes away from when you were first here, which is fabulous. <laughs> let's just talk about your well-being journey for a moment. Well, I started out on my well-being journey being not so well. I was um, uh, sick all the time and I was chronically fatigued and my immune system kept crashing and I, I went to the doctor for probably some antibiotics. Like I was constantly on antibiotics. And, uh, so I went to the doctor and, um, the doctor diagnosed me when I was 28 years old, diagnosed me with hyperthyroid and a goiter. And, and she told me that I needed to take radioactive iodine to destroy my thyroid and then be on medication for the rest of my life. And that was a huge wake up call for me, Bev, because I didn't want to be on radioactive anything. I didn't want radiation anywhere near my body. You know, I had watched my mom go through uh, the process of breast cancer in modern medicine, which is radiation and chemotherapy, and, um, and that didn't work so well for her and her physical body. And when I, when I, after my mom died, I said to myself, you know, if anything ever happens to me, I'm going to go natural. I'm going to go natural and healthy and wholesome and really change my diet and my lifestyle. So when I was given the option of taking radioactive iodine to destroy my thyroid, I said, nope, no thanks, doc. I said, I need to change my diet and my lifestyle. And my doctor says, uh, um, she said, listen, your diet and uh, your lifestyle have nothing to do with your thyroid disease. You need to take this medication. Uh, it's not going to heal. And I said, okay, I understand that that's what you've been taught. I totally get that, but I'm going to try it first. And so I did. I radically transformed my diet 
as well as my lifestyle. And my thyroid health started changing. It didn't happen overnight, but within the first four months, my uh, thyroid levels went from dangerously high into just above the normal range, right? They went from like, phew, they were out of this world to, uh, you know, just above normal. And I'd lost, you know, 18 pounds in the first four months. My skin cleared up. I was sleeping well. My hair stopped falling out. My immune system got stronger. And when I went back to the doctor, from my next blood test, uh, the doctor said, well, you know, your, your thyroid levels are changing, but it's still not normal. You need to take medication. And I said, thanks doc, but I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing because my body's obviously having, you know, an effect like what I'm eating and how I'm living is having an effect on, on how my body is reacting. So I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. So it took me two years to, uh, lose my goiter. That was, uh, gosh, I was 28. So it was almost, tw uh, it was 28 years ago. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh no, that was 22 years ago, <laughs> 22 years ago. And, uh, you know, my goiter never came back. Uh, my thyroid is healthy and happy. I, I haven't had to diet in, in 22 years, right? I have where I was a chronic dieter before. So for me, my, my wellness journey started from a place of not being well at all. And I'm grateful for my illness because it really woke me up. Andrea, for those of us who don't know the function of the thyroid, can you just explain its role in the body? Oh yeah. Your, your thyroid is responsible for your metabolism, um, how quickly you uh, process food, the warmth in your body, how warm, how cold you are, um, all of your metabolic processes, as well as the rate of your breathing, uh, you, uh, when, when you're going to uh, ovulate, right? The cycles in the body, the thyroid is regulating a lot of that stuff. The thyroid requires certain things to, pr to function properly. And we haven't been taught that. Uh, we're taught, unfortunately, thyroid goes out of balance. You got to take a medication. You got to destroy your thyroid. You got to do this. You got to do that. Thyroid is living, breathing tissue that is is helping your body function. And um, destroying it doesn't actually help the body function better. No. So I guess for those people who are experiencing some of the symptoms, so you mentioned hair loss, exhaustion, um, weight gain, all of those sort of things are multifactorial in, in thyroid problems. But I'm wondering, uh, what is the impact of stress on the function of the thyroid? Bev, you hit the nail on the head, probably to the number one contributor to thyroid disease. So the thyroid is not a solo operator. It doesn't work by itself. It lives on the endocrine system with its brother and sister glands, right? You have the, the hypothalamus, the pineal gland, the pituitary gland. You have your thymus, your pancreas, your gonads. Uh, you know, you have all of these other glands on the system that are all talking to each other, your adrenals, right? So all of these glands on this endocrine system are all talking to each other. So stress, when you're under stress, it's triggering a reaction in your stress glands, right? Into your adrenals. It's, it's triggering them to start producing more adrenaline and more stress hormone, right? Because the body's under stress, fight or flight, fight or flight. So when that happens, a number of things happen. People, they will blame weight gain on the thyroid, but weight gain is probably more due to stress. So for example, 
if you're in fight or flight, right? If your stress hormones have been kicked on and you are in sympathetic nervous system uh, and your stress hormones have been kicked on, your digestive system shuts down. So if your digestive system shuts down, if you come home and you're under stress and you're, oh God, I got to get this done. I got to get that. And uh, you don't, you're not even sitting to eat. Your body's not going to process that food properly. So everybody says, oh, I'm gaining weight. It's my thyroid. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Not necessarily your thyroid. It's what's happening within the endocrine system itself. Now, another thing happens with stress. When you're on constant fight or flight, constant go, got to put out the fire, got to put out the fire, got to put out, got to grab the kids, got to get to work, got to get up, got to do this, got to, got right? All this got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to go, right? Where you're under that tremendous amount of chronic stress all the time. It physically exhausts the body. The body goes into a state of depletion. It's exhausted. There's only so much energy that it has. And again, we're looking at the adrenals. Now, what, what happens is the thyroid comes in to save your life. The thyroid comes in and says, whoa, this body is under so much stress, using up all of its nutrients and all of the sugar, right? It's one of the reasons why your blood sugar levels start to go crazy when you have high stress, using up all of the sugar and the glucose that it needs to function. Okay, let's slow this body down. And I'm talking, this is in the case of hypothyroid. Let's slow this body down. So your thyroid will naturally bring your body into a slower state so that it doesn't wear itself out from stress. And on the flip side of that, a hyperthyroid state, this is someone that has super adrenals, right? And a very, very strong internal system. And their body's going stress, 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 right? So they could keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. And you're putting your body into a hyperthyroid state where the thyroid is now on overdrive. Got to go. Got to keep going. Keep all the metabolism going. Let's go. Let's go. This person's got, got tons of energy in here. So, you know, the thyroid is, is regulating the body, but we need to help it out. And stress is a huge contributor to both hyper, hypo, Hashimoto's, um, and graves. So, um, hypo is when you're not producing enough thyroid hormone, right? The body's in the state of deficiency. Hyper is when you're producing way too much thyroid hormone. And then you have Hashimoto's and graves, which are the autoimmune thyroid conditions. And these are mostly related to the digestive system and not necessarily to the thyroid. So you remember I said how all of the glands on the endocrine system are connected. Yep. So if somebody is under high stress and their digestive system shuts down, they're actually inhibiting the process of the pancreas, which is another endocrine gland, inhibiting the process of the pancreas to secrete the enzymes needed to digest your food. So again, people will say, I'm gaining weight around my middle. It must be my thyroid. And it's not necessarily the case. Usually it's related to the adrenals and to the digestive system. And the thyroid is there saying, listen, I need to save your life. <laughs> so uh, I hope I answered that in a nutshell. That's amazing because I guess what people then don't understand. So a lot of us think that we're coping with our stress, but our body mm -hmm. is obviously giving us signals in different ways. So you talk about the physical exhaustion and that whole cocktail of stress hormones. And what people often come to me for is that they are so physically and mentally exhausted, but yes. yet they cannot sleep well. So yep. how can sleep thyroid conditions, feeling exhausted, how are all of them linked? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question, Bev, because again, let's look at the entire endocrine system. 
So in, let's look at the brain, right? So in the brain is the pineal gland, the hypothalamus and the pituitary. So the pineal gland is regulating your, your waking and sleeping cycles, as well as your connection to the, to the earth and to the seasons and all that stuff. So when your pineal gland, uh, when you get light into your eyes, like daylight, not sunlight, you know, looking directly at the sun, but when you get daylight into your eyes, it tells your body, Hey, it's daytime. So let's make sure all the processes are functioning well. It talks to the thyroid. It says, let's get the metabolism going. It talks to the digestive system. Hey, come on, let's keep it moving. It talks to the adrenals. Okay, it's time to get up and go. Uh, You know, like all of that is connected. Now, if we are getting bright light into our pineal gland all day long, like in the form of your computer, your cell phone, the lights and the electricity that we have in our homes, if we're getting that bright white light into our pineal gland, some people call it the pineal gland, if we're getting that after the sun goes down, then our body doesn't go into relaxation mode. So this is the first problem with an inability to sleep. You know, like in the, in the world, when the sun goes down, it goes from bright white and blue, right? The blue color and the white color are the, the, the colors of sunlight, daytime. And it starts to go to uh, yellow, orange, red. And then it goes into the deeper hues, right? And we go into night. We're going into blues and blacks into nighttime. So when there's a, like almost like a three-hour process, and that actually helps your body shift into a relaxed state and a sleeping state. But Our society is on 24 hours. You can have access to white light and blue light in your pineal gland all day, all night, one o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. You can get access to those lights and those lights will tell your pineal gland, listen, it's daylight. Let's go get the metabolism going. Let's go. This person is, it's, it's not time to sleep. It's not sleeping time. So that's first part of the problem. And that will dysregulate the thyroid and dysregulate the metabolism and dysregulate the rest of the system. And we may think it's, it's harmless to be on our computer at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night, but it's not because the computer is white and blue light. Now, some people put flux or one of those, um, you know, the, the things that make the screen go to like a yellow or an orange, and that's actually better. But I still would not suggest that people be on their electronic equipment after eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night, especially if they're having trouble sleeping. If they're having trouble sleeping, they should shut down all of the computer electronics and the cell phone and put on a nightlight a night, and maybe read a book while sitting in, and with the nightlight. And the nightlight is generally more of an orangey glow. So that's the first problem. The second problem is if we do not get the sleep that we need, all of the metabolic processes are disrupted. If you do not get adequate sleep, your digestive system doesn't function well. You'll actually crave more sugar and fat the next day. If we don't get adequate sleep, the adrenals and the kidneys don't get to rest, as well as your liver doesn't get to rest, right? If we don't get adequate sleep. So your internal organs, just like the eyes get tired, right? The internal organs get tired as well. And if they are up and working, like think about if you're, if you're using your muscles all day and all night and all day and all night, eventually you're going to burn yourself out completely. You won't have any energy to do anything. All of your organs and all of your systems are also muscles, right? Heart is a muscle. If you're not getting adequate, adequate sleep, 
the heart's going to be affected, your liver, right? All of these are these tissues that really need rest. They need to rest. They need to be in parasympathetic nervous system. They need to be resting, sleeping in the bed. And when that, that doesn't happen, every single process in your body is going to be affected, including the thyroid, including the adrenals, including the digestive system and your poor brain. Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen what happens to people that don't get sleep? Like, let's say they're going through an emotional state. Somebody's going through a divorce or their uh, uh, loved one just died, right? They're so emotional, crying that they can't sleep, right? Because if the heart is uneasy, and this is Chinese medicine, if, if the heart is not at ease or at rest, then it'll keep the mind up. So if you can't sleep and you notice that you can't sleep for two days or three days or four days or gosh, you know, you don't want to not sleep for a week, right? A week straight of like two hours a night or one hour a night. You'll notice that the brain doesn't function well because it hasn't had rest either. When you're sleeping, you have a glymphatic system. Like we have a lymphatic system, which, uh, you know, that takes away and cleanses all the fluids in the cells during the day. That's your lymphatic system. And when you're sleeping at night, your glymphatic system, which washes through the brain is most active. And if you're not sleeping, then that glymphatic system doesn't get to wash out all of the debris that has accumulated from the, uh, the birth and the death of cells within the brain itself. So you're going to have higher rates of Alzheimer's, which they're now calling, um, type three diabetes. You're going to have higher rates of, of all sorts of brain dysfunctions. A lot of people look at the brain and they, they think it's the master gland. It does have some master glands in it. You have your pineal gland, your pituitary gland, and your hypothalamus. So if the brain isn't getting the rest that it needs, these major glands in the body that are controlling the endocrine system, the adrenals, the reproductive system, the digestive system, the thyroid, controlling all of those systems, they're going to be completely out of balance. It's so interrelated, isn't it? And so, yes. I mean, and the like you mentioned there that the body is self-regulating and so it tries its best to adapt to the situation. But we have body biology, which we need to pay attention to. So we know that we were designed to sleep. You know, yes. that's how the body is designed. It's designed for so many hours of rest so that there's this beautiful balance between what happens when you're sleeping and what happens when you're waking. So thank you. That's been really insightful. And Andrea, beyond the physical, what is the emotional connection to thyroid function? Oh gosh, there's so many connections. You know, like I said, there's, if you have either physical stress or emotional stress, it can disrupt the functioning of the thyroid. Uh, well, the physical stress that disrupts the thyroid is when someone is pregnant and the baby takes all the nutrients or a large majority of the nutrients and the mother becomes depleted. So now let's look at the emotional component that's connected to that. So when the body becomes physically depleted, the emotions are on edge. So a lot of times when um, women will have a baby and their body is physically depleted and hasn't been nourished, they go into something uh, which used to be um, called postpartum depression. You know, where the, they just go into this deep depression after the baby's born, they don't want anything to do with the baby. And now today, 30 years later, they're not really calling it postpartum depression anymore. They're telling the women you have hypothyroidism. Like I've had so many thyroid clients come to me and they say, uh, you know, I've been emotionally depressed and my doctor put me on thyroid medication. They said I have hypothyroidism because there could be this deficiency happening in the body 
physically and emotionally or one or the other that depletes the energy. So like if you think about a time when you're emotionally exhausted, right? All you want to do is sleep. That's all you want. You just want to sleep. Not that you'll be able to get to sleep in, in some cases, unless you cry, you cry yourself to sleep, which a lot of times will happen. But if you are emotionally depleted, just like in the physical realm, the body won't have what it needs. In the emotional realm, the body won't have what it needs. So it'll, it'll dysregulate the thyroid as well as all of your other systems. So another emotional connection to the thyroid is, and this is from ancient Ayurvedic uh, or Eastern medicine, uh, the thyroid is connected to our fifth chakra. And the fifth chakra is your ability to communicate and express yourself gracefully and effectively. So if someone is expressing themselves in a very harmful way, either to themselves or to other people, for example, forcing their will on someone, you better do it this way or else, you know, like um, a lot of anger coming up, expressing like demanding, that can have an effect, a negative impact on the thyroid, on the spiritual level, which is connected to the emotional level. Um, and if someone is talking negatively about themselves, right, because our fifth chakra, which is connected to our thyroid, which is in our throat, right, our, our throat area, if someone is beating themselves up, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. There's no hope. I have no hope. I, I'm a failure, right? All this negative self-talk will also affect the thyroid. And this is, again, on a spiritual and emotional level. So that's where I, I look to the, the autoimmune conditions, right? Because the immune system doesn't attack the body for no reason. The, the human body is brilliantly designed. It has an immune system. Uh, it'll, it'll attack when there is an invader. So what is invading the cells? And one of my favorite alternative scientists, Dr. Bruce Lipton, uh, talks about the biology of belief and how our thoughts communicate and vibrate in a certain way and speak to ourselves. So if we are thinking and speaking to ourselves and saying, I'm not good enough and I really stink and my life is worthless and I'm worthless, then our cells are going to hear that, right? Our body's going to hear that and think, well, that's, that's not a good cell. That's not a good cell to have in here. Attack. <laughs> so that's where the Hashimoto's will come in and graves and all that stuff. Those autoimmune thyroid conditions on the spiritual and the emotional levels. So there's, you know, human beings are multifaceted creatures. So we, we're living in a physical body, but right beneath that is an emotional body and connecting everything is that spiritual body or the connection, the deeper connections, right? So if one part of us is out of balance, generally a lot of parts are out of balance. It's never just one area. So uh, I find that when people have recurring illnesses that keep coming back over and over and over and over again, you know, and, and this is like someone who's eating the best diet or, you know, doing the best things that they can for the health of their thyroid or their endocrine system. And yet that system keeps crashing. Then you have to go deeper. Okay. What's going on emotionally with this person? What's going on spiritually with this person? How is their connection to, uh, the greater picture, right? The, how is their connection to the world around them? It's hard to, to relate that stuff in a half an hour or 45 minutes, but you know, people that hear that and they, if they, if they're having recurring illnesses, that keep popping up over and over and over again, stop looking at the physical and go deeper, go deeper into the emotional body, go deeper into the spiritual body and see what can I learn from this condition? What can, what is, what is the body, the physical body trying to tell me? Is it telling me something that I don't want to see? 
Am I in a bad relationship either with myself or with another person? Uh, am I in a job that I can't stand? Uh, you know, what's my re relationship to the world around me? That's the, that's the spiritual body. The interconnection is not by chance. It's just in, in a sort of harmony and in unity. That's really wonderful. Thank you. And can you recommend an action that listeners could take that would support them? Oh my gosh, yes. First of all, to listen to your, your show. <laughs> Absolutely. Foremost, keep listening to Bev. All right, she's got good information for you. I think one thing that they could do above all else is to love themselves. And I don't mean in a narcissistic way, you know, like looking in the mirror all day long. I mean this in the way of honoring themselves. Here I am, a human being on this planet, having this existence. What can I do to support myself? Like support myself emotionally, physically, uh, with food, with lifestyle, with good friendships. What can I do to love and support my myself and my existence here? Because Bev, you're in and out of this lifetime in a heartbeat, right? You're going to snap your fingers like that. The whole life is gone. Boom. 50 years later, 75 years later, 80 years later, 90 years later. You don't want to be at that 90 year mark and say, my gosh, I should have taken better care of myself. Or maybe, uh, you know, I, I should have really cleaned up that, that bad relationship while you're here on this planet right now, love yourself to the best of your ability, love yourself, take care of yourself, honor yourself. That would be my, my advice for people. Beautiful. So my segue then is to what are your tips then, Andrea, for living fabulously? Oh, well, let's talk about sleep. <laughs> get, get adequate rest, you know, like get into bed 10 o'clock, you know, 1030 the latest, get into bed and go to sleep, get your eight hours, you know, at least seven hours, but don't think that you're going to exist on five hours or four hours or three hours or six hours, right? Get a good amount of sleep. And also if you have the opportunity, if you're sleepy during the day, take a nap. Right. Because if you're sleepy during the day and you instead get a cup of coffee or some stimulant, your body is telling you, listen, I need rest. My processes need rest. You know, it's like when you're when your phone starts to freak out and you're like, I oh, got to shut this phone down. <laughs> I got to shut it down for a little while. Yeah. Shut your body down. Give it the rest that it needs. Let it reboot and then go back to doing the things that you need to do. And uh, another tip for living fabulously, be very conscious about the food that you eat. You are what you eat. That old adage that everybody's grandmother or great grandmother used to say when she shook your finger at you and she saw you eating popsicles all day long and Tootsie Rolls, she'd say, listen, you are what you eat. So it's so true. We literally are walking, talking, living, breathing food. So be conscious about the food you put into your body because it's becoming you on a cellular level. Uh, another tip would be to um, drink water. Make water your first meal of the day, meaning wake up in the, in the morning and before you put coffee in, before you put any hard food, put water into your system, right? Because water keeps everything lubricated and moving well, right? The fluid's moving well. And then uh, one more tip would be to nourish your relationships, right? So, you know, take care of yourself. And then nourish your relationships because no, you know, I, I forget who is, is it, I forget which philosopher said that no man is an island unto himself. Uh, we're not here on the planet by ourselves. Uh, 
So surround yourself with good people, uh, allow loving, supportive relationships to nourish you on that emotional, spiritual level. You're not here by yourself. Join a support community. Listen to Bev's uh, radio show and podcast, like listen to people that, that you love, you know, like that kind of stuff. Let some good stuff infiltrate your system, <laughs> right? Because we're surrounded by so much crap. My gosh, you open up the newspaper and all you want to do is cry all the way through, right? So yeah. get some good relationships beautiful thank you and those are really fabulous tips i'm very um grateful to you thank you andrea and you can find andrea beeman at her website is www.andreabeeman.com and also on facebook under andrea.beeman1 and these will be in the show notes and andrea thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today and inspiring us to really recognize that stress is not without impact you know, both physical and emotional stress. So we create this cocktail in this body. And I think if people can understand that it's like dominoes, you know, one thing affects the other and they just knock one another over and the body's trying its best to save the day. And yeah. if we just do some simple things, and you mentioned things like being aware of bright light in your eyes and mm. slowing down at night, you know, taking the time to give your body the opportunity to shift into that restful state and then recognize that all the metabolic processes are impacted by inadequate sleep. So give yourself a decent window to get the sleep. If you are a creative person doing any kind of business, you need focus and clarity. So your brain will function better on good quality sleep and you won't be so foggy when you wake up in the morning because you've had the opportunity to clear those toxins from the brain. And I loved what you said about being able to express yourself gracefully and healthily mm -hmm. and honoring, supporting and loving yourself because that's what we're here for. We're not here for hardship. We're here to make a positive impact on the world. So thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And you can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Have you heard about Sleep Timber? It's a month to focus on restorative sleep and it's a month packed with so much goodness for you. What will it take for you to take care of yourself? Head to www.sleeptember.com.au to find out about the free events and sign up to join a movement of sleep lovers. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.